Have you ever wondered what it would be like to make a movie like Sharknado while also dealing with a global pandemic? Well, do we have the episode for you? This is the Geek-Centric Podcast, and today we're asking, where will you be when disaster strikes? What's up, geeks? My name is Kev, and today we're giving you our spoiler-free thoughts on a movie that questions the bubble and yet pops it instantly. Joining me today are a couple of CGI guys who I definitely don't despise, a couple of handlers who've got all the answers. Of course, I'm talking about Justin and Nate. Mm, hello, hello. Can I, can I go home? Because I don't think my agent actually signed anything that says I need to be here right now. Do I have to be here for this review, guys? Your last podcast bombed, so you have to be here. So. Oh, frick. Okay. All right. Fine. Let's Contract- just get it over with. We're, we're feel- all contractually obligated to be here, and it's going to feel like it, I think. I'm just I'm feeling a little under the weather after this movie, and so I kind of don't know if I want to <laughs> stick around. Well, I mean, we, we've uh. just finished award season and this is, you know, one of the movies that we're starting off the, the next year of potential Academy Award nominees, and uh, I don't think we'll be seeing this one come uh, next March. Oh, well, I hope definitely not. not. <laughs> um, of course, we're talking about the bubble today. In the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, a group of actors travel to a closed film set in England to film the sixth installment of Cliff Beasts, a wildly successful dinosaur-themed blockbuster franchise. The Bubble is an upcoming American meta-comedy film directed by Judd Apatow from a screenplay by Apatow and Pam Brady. The film features an ensemble cast that includes Karen Gillan, Iris Apatow, Fred Armisen, Maria Bakalova, David Duchovny, Keegan-Michael Key, Leslie Mann, Kate McKinnon, Pedro Pascal, and Peter Serafinowicz. The movie hits Netflix on April 1st. A huge thanks to Netflix for uh, giving us early access so we can uh, give you all our thoughts on this movie. Uh, as I've said, uh, we uh, are keeping this spoiler free. And as we always do, let's start with some of the things. Uh, I don't know if this section will be very long. Of what worked with the movie? You know, again, we did ask to, to review this movie because A, it has Judd Apatow. Uh, it has a stacked cast. And as you yeah. pointed out, the sort of meta comedy around filming a movie during the pandemic, that that seems like it would be, you know, all the right elements for a good movie. But sadly, that's not the case. Uh, and we will get into that, obviously, as we talk about what didn't work. But I think if there's anything to be celebrated from this movie is some of the side characters uh, I, I think the, the two things that, or three things that I wrote down here in terms of highlights was the two stand-in characters that I think are featured in, in the trailer as well. Uh, the British actors that, uh, you know, are, are strung up on, in the air on the green screen, which I just, they thought, I thought their banter was absolutely hilarious. And, um, I didn't write his name down, but the English, uh, gentleman who is the handler, who we would then see, uh, it, it, you see him in the trailer, assume the face of, Benedict Cumberbatch I thought he was I thought he was pretty funny uh but again yeah Harry Harry Trevaldwin is yes he was hilarious uh uh, I I think he was he was one of the more funny highlights from this movie uh because after that that there's just not much he felt like the most sincere sure of all these uh, characters and I just think it's interesting too because like the the entire time that I was sort of watching this like he was the only one that I kind of actually liked and yeah you're right also i would say the the two um unfortunately not 
uh, according to IMDb listed here. I can't seem to find them. They're probably there somewhere. Uh, but the two stand in. It, it's almost it almost works better that I can't actually credit them because I'm sure they didn't credit them in uh, in the actual movie world uh, in the world of this movie. But um, no, I think th- those were probably the only times with those characters where I sort of chuckled, almost cracked a smile, <laughs> almost yeah, I, chuckled. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I would say I chuckled at most of the the parts when they were on screen, but not for the rest of, of the cast. Um, I think another standout thing to acknowledge is, is Iris Apatow, um, who's coming into her own, especially with her sister, uh, Maud Apatow, who's on Euphoria, who's killing it. Um, and I think Iris here just kind of shows her own acting chops and her own acting ability. Granted, she's playing someone that is very stereotypical to her age bracket um but you know again there's 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 some moments here that i i thought were were uh were notable i mean i if if you can call um a tiktoker uh, an, a good acting like it, it just didn't feel like to me like she really played her part well as a teenage girl who's famous because of tiktok exactly uh, and social media and that's that's cool. I'd I'd like to see her in something else. I haven't, to be fair. So I'm sure she's she's better than her performance in this movie. But watching her in this movie, I was like, okay, like she can do dances, I guess. I don't. I mean, first of all, it's crazy how much she looks like her sister. I thought it was yeah. her Mod, sister yeah. at first. Like she's she's grown up so much since this mm-hmm. is forty. Um, mm-hmm. So that was that was really crazy to see. Uh, I'm actually not sure if she is a terrific actor. Um, and if playing this vapid character worked for her lack of acting abilities, if anything. Um, but yeah, talk about a solid cast just completely underutilized here. Uh, I mean, I thought the movie started fairly well. Um, yeah. like it, it, it got off to a good start and even ends on a decent note. But the, the middle of this thing just drags and drags and drags on. Um, it was funny. At one point, a character in the movie says, I don't like movies. They're too long. And I thought, is he talking about this very movie? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and I, I, I think that the, the very end, I think it might be might have been after the credit scene, I think is probably the single best part because it really just surmises the whole movie process of what we just watched. And while the, the, the movie itself is meant to be very meta about the process of movie making, especially during a pandemic, if anything, it's the last little bit that feels very self-referential for this movie where it acknowledges this, for lack of better words, the stupidity that went into to what we just watched. Well, there were there were moments, I think, even throughout the movie that I felt like it was, um, I don't know if it was trying to be self-referential, but it, it maybe it should have been. Like, for instance, Duchovny's character, he's constantly like... As an actor, he's like he plays the guy that wants to rewrite the movie mm-hmm. constantly, and I was just like, "Well, you could have you could have done it for this one too, man." Like, what, you know, like I just the entire time, it, it's I get it. It's a parody of all things Hollywood. It touches on things like cancel culture, and it mm-hmm. touches on like the exaggerated and then sometimes accurate idiosyncrasies of of actors and stuff like that. But honestly, it, I just don't know who the movie was made for yeah it felt like is this made for hollywood actors to laugh at this is this like it was it was almost like masturbatory at times both actually and then also uh you know in 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 a film sense like it was just brutal (laughs) like i i couldn't decide what was worse the the shitty periodic like periodic movie that they were making or the movie itself 
Like, I almost wanted to watch Cliff B6 more than this movie. And it's just, ah. Well, I feel like we've we've naturally transitioned into well, there's what no does way. it there's work. A, <laughs> dude, just as much as this movie tries to stretch out this premise for two hours, we can't stretch exactly. out what we liked about it for any longer. I'll be no. honest with you. I can't. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and with that, I, I feel like, again, Judd Apatow's name attached to a movie does sell a movie. And I got to say, this is the most un-Judd Apatow movie I've I've seen. Uh, I didn't see the one thing that I always really take away from Judd Apatow's movie is that there's there's a sense of heart at the end of these stories. There's 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 some even though that we're we're, we're navigating through a comedic field, if you will. There's always a heart, and I I just this 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 doesn't feel like a Judd Apatow movie. This doesn't even feel like it was directed by Judd Apatow because there just was no central heart to it. And and I know that might be very vague to say about Apatow's films, but. I don't know, like, uh, you know, you could you could pull a heart heartfelt story out of funny people it does have a semblance of something that it feels very connected to an audience. And as you said, Nate, like, who is this for? Who is who is this for? You know, they, they, they tried to touch on themes about personal connection and what that means, but they don't go the distance of really establishing that. Right. Like they they just kind of hint at like that's what the pandemic is is kind of drawing out is this sort of people want to be together and, and belong together. And I don't know, it just, I'm more interested in the documentary of, of what went into making this movie than this actual movie. Well, and, and it's kind of hard to talk about, um, you know, the movie without giving away any of the spoilers, but there's mm-hmm. something that's happening throughout the movie that plays into the end. And I called it immediately. I thought it was really predictable that that was the direction they were going to go in. And if you want to watch a movie that is sort of a look at the behind the scenes of making a troubled production. Go and watch America's Sweethearts with uh, John Cusack and and uh, Julia Roberts because it's a very similar movie and I think does it a lot better and mm. infuses some of that heart that you're talking about that's missing here. I mean, even movies like 40-Year-Old Virgin and Knocked Up, yes. which have a yeah. lot of raunch and everything, still come through with, with heart in the end and 100%. it's just lacking here. Mm -hmm. And I also want to jump into with talking about the audio mixing. I felt like, again, like this is a really weird aspect of the movie where there were so many moments where it was rapidly cutting from from shot to shot that like a lot of the and don't get me wrong. I I can't say they were probably funny lines because they probably weren't, but you can't even hear them in a lot of these moments. And if you've ever watched like. You know, you remember the movies in like the 90s where it would be like it would during the credits, it would play all these sort of like funny scenes or outtakes or things like that. There are stretches. There are like 20 minute stretches in this movie that feel like you're watching that part of those movies, but it's meant to be plot. And it just it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Like I just I'm bewildered by this movie and I just is it an April Fool's joke? Like, if this is an <laughs> April like Fool's it. joke, Judd Apatow, yeah. right now, applause to you, kudos to you. If this is you, like, fooling everyone into watching a shitty movie, awesome. That's great. I would so much prefer that. But I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't think yeah. it is. I don't know. It does feel like the joke is on us. I, I totally agree with you in the sense that this movie, again, on paper, sounds sounds really great. And, and I just, it did not deliver and I was very underwhelmed by it. And I also think that like, again, you, you pointed it out in, in maybe one of the positives is that, 
you know, they, they kind of played with these different actor tropes. David Duchovny's character is very much about uh, uh, wanting to sw- flip the script and, and rewrites and, and stuff like that. He's getting very involved, right? He's the Edward Norton of the production, if you will. And then you have someone like Pedro Pascal who, you know, doesn't have a Spanish accent, doesn't have any sort of entity of, of a sort of Spanish ca- uh, personality other than probably his his ethnicity. And then that is, you know, he's racially profiled and he has to put on a ridiculous voice. And again, like... I, all of this is just feeding into these tropes that that feel very conventional to Hollywood movies, but they just don't do anything. There's it was all like slapsticky and just silly. Like it just didn't didn't match. Not nothing nothing really connected for me from the the even the physical comedy in the movie. But I, I think to your point though, like there's certain actors that show up and you're like oh, thank goodness you're here. You're going to save the comedy in the movie, right? Like, like I, I mean, dude, I'm a huge fan of everything, for the most part, that Fred Armisen does. And Fred mm-hmm. Armisen shows up, and I was just like, it's not it's not working. And then Kate McKinnon shows up, and you're like, oh, sick, okay. Doesn't, doesn't really work. Like, none of these... And I don't know what it was about it. Like, I, 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 think, I think the only thing that I can say from watching this movie is that these people probably had fun. They probably had exactly. a lot of fun making it. Yes. They had a lot of goofs on on set. They they were they were having a lot of fun, but it just it didn't none of it felt I like didn't it have was fun. <laughs> no, none of it felt like it was made for an audience. It just felt like it was made for them. And if they just made a movie to make a movie and have fun, fine. Um, but good good luck with with how this is gonna be received. <laughs> I really, I really don't. Yeah, that's there's the quote. I'll put that that's, on the poster. That's... Put that on the poster. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, uh, not to. Uh, we should, probably shouldn't spend too much more time beating a, a dead dinosaur here. Uh, so why don't we inject some scores for this movie, which we'll be doing on a scale of one to five infected crew members. Yeah, like I said up at the top, on paper, all of this sounds really great. The the plot, the the, the cast, uh, the fact that Judd Apatow is is behind this, but at the end, this was just a real disappointment in my opinion. Um, I did not enjoy it. I did not connect with it in any way. Having way too many musical montages and and you know the TikTok references. I just I really don't understand what this movie was trying to say, if if anything at all. And in some ways, it, it like I said, it doesn't feel like a Judd Apatow movie. And and I I just don't know if like I I was like, was that a Judd Apatow movie? That doesn't that there's no semblance of Judd Apatow's style of filmmaking in this movie. So it, it that also just kind of feels like the butt end of this joke is that you know you, you've signed up for a Judd Apatow movie and you don't get a Judd Apatow movie. Um, the best part, like I said, was was at the end of this movie where, you know, there's a dialogue scene and, and it just kind of points out the overall uh, irrelevance and, and the stupidity around the situation, around this this movie. And, you know, that to me spoke more about about the movie than the movie did about anything else. So, yeah, I'm going to give this a solid one out of five infected crew members. Uh, I'm sorry. Wow, that I, is I really wish- that's like an all time <laughs> low score. I think that I is think it is. I was I was actually really like fair. sort of. I was really frustrated with it again, and it really does come down to someone who appreciates Judd Apatow's movies, and this just did not feel like that. So, Uh, Nate, how about yourself? I'm not going to waste any more time uh, or breath on this movie. One out of five infected crew members. 
Ooh, yeah. just quick and to the point. I love it. Um, That's it. I mean, there's nothing more I can say. It was it was garbage, man. I mean, garbage. there's there's there was a lot of potential here. I think, as we mentioned, it a great <laughs> cast. We've got a, a terrific writer and director in Judd Apatow, and there's a lot of interesting premises suggested, but they don't go anywhere. They're not developed properly. Exactly. They don't exactly. amount to anything by the end of the movie. Uh, yeah. I think it's sad that. Perhaps the best part of this movie was some well-produced TikTok videos, and that's not, you know, uh, right? a, a, a great thing to say about a movie, I don't think. Uh, I almost find it funny that a movie about dealing with the pandemic and, and you know, they're creating this as a distraction for people mm -hmm. who are going through it. Uh, and then it comes out as we're sort of wrapping up that aspect of the pandemic. Right. It almost feels appropriate for this movie to be a little mm -hmm. bit late to to try and do what it was going to do. So yeah, I'm, I'm super low on this one as well. I'm going to go with 2.2 uh, out of five infected crew members. Um, just a huge disappointment. Uh, I always get excited when a Judd Apatow movie comes and, yep. and this, this is probably uh, certainly the bottom of the list in terms of his filmography. If you yeah. want to watch, if you want to watch this movie, watch the trailer and then save yourself the trouble. Just watch a trailer. You might get a chuckle and that's it. That's all you need. Yeah, and, and to that point, the best parts are in the trailer. Like the parts yeah. that actually made me laugh and made me want to check out the movie, they were in there, and yeah, they just felt stale with what was around it. I didn't laugh nearly as much based on what came out of that trailer when I actually watched the movie. So yeah, I totally agree with that sentiment, Nate. Yeah, over the top and under underwhelming to say the least. Well, I think it's time to wrap up production on this podcast. This was our spoiler-free review for The Bubble. Thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us a glowing review, or we might just have to send you into an isolated quarantine. As always, <laughs> reach out and say hi. Let us know if you'll be checking out this uh, movie. Uh, we're, 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 we've done our best to warn you here, so you can't blame <laughs> us if, uh, if you jump in and don't enjoy it. And maybe uh, we're wrong. Maybe yeah, we're wrong. Maybe we if you're, if we're wrong, something. send us yeah, send us an email. We would love to hear the discussion of of why this movie is great. I would love to know what I missed in that yeah, two exactly. hours of my life that I can't get back. <laughs> uh, you can let us know at wearegeekcentric at gmail .com, or if that reminds you a bit too much of social distancing, hit us up on Twitter at geekcentricyt and Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering a variety of other content, with new content always coming out. We have our spoiler-free review for Apollo 10 and a Half, A Space Age Childhood, a much better movie. Uh, we also have our preview and prediction show for the recently passed Oscars, as well as our results show, where we look at some of the biggest winners and surprises from the 94th Annual Academy Awards. In addition, we have our Watch Club preview show, as well as our first Watch Club episode for the newest Disney Plus event, Moon Knight. Uh, so be sure to check those out. Until next time, Justin, Nate, thanks for joining me. And as we say, love ya. Don't watch this movie, guys. <laughs> Peace.